Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there with a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. We're going to be with you for the next hour to talk Giants football. John Schmelk is down at the Shrine Bowl. Yeah, it's in Frisco, Texas this year. Uh, he's going to be joining us in just a couple of minutes to give us an update on what's going on down there. Our number is 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. You can hit us up on Twitter at hashtag GiantsChat. He's at Matt Seatack. I'm at GiantsWFAN. And as always, after the show, you can find this uh, program on the archive. Our entire podcast network is there and the Giants mobile app. Podcast platforms everywhere. And at Giants.com slash podcast. Quickly, before we get to John, Matt, uh, good to have you here. I think this is maybe the second time you've done the show with me in like all your time here, right? Yes. You did one before. I I was telling John last week, I've been on as a guest before, but this is the first time that I am, or second time, um, actually at the table hosting. Okay. time being last week. So nice to be here hosting with you, Paul. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Uh, We've got roster shuffling going on all the time in the offseason. This is what happens uh, in the world of professional football. All right. Let's head down to the uh, Shrine Bowl where John Schmelk is standing by. Uh, John, first off, I just want to let you know it's uh, in the mid-40s here. Uh, It's misting. It's damp. It's cloudy. It's gray. So you're not missing anything by going on this road trip. Yeah, I have not ventured outside here yet, but I got to be honest with you. I I think it's only in like the mid 50s. Like it is not like gloriously warm down here. It's fine, but it isn't like some spectacular like Miami day or San Diego day where it's in the 80s. So um, it's going to be mostly high 50s, low 60s, both at the Shrine game in Frisco. And then when we head to Mobile on Monday, it's supposed to be same deal, kind of high 50s, low 60s. So it should be pretty good football weather. But the difference is here at the Shrine game is that everything's indoors. So all the practice and everything is in the Cowboys practice facility um, where they play there, where they usually host high school games for the local high school teams, where also the Cowboys host their indoor practices. So. Oh, all right. I was giving you a chance to speak. (laughs) I'll take that weather then compared to what it is up here, honestly. But yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Hey, John, let me ask you this. Uh, The big change for me for the Shrine game this year is that they're allowing the juniors to be in it. And we know that these all-star games, you know, usually you're only seeing the seniors, especially at the senior bowl. That's why they call it that. 
So this is a very different flavor, and I think it's a good move for the Shrine folks to do this because we know how many underclassmen wind up getting into the NFL draft anyway. Aside from that, um, can you give us any other indication? What, what are maybe some of the other tweaks that you're going to wind up seeing this week? Yeah, look, that was a decision made by the league in conjunction with both the Shrine Bowl and the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl is also allowing underclassmen, and you wonder if at some point they're going to change the name of that game mm. since it's no longer going to be just seniors. So uh, both games are going to have underclassmen here, but I think the interesting thing about this um, draft year is this is the fewest number of juniors in the draft that we've seen in a long time. Um, it's only 50 to 60, I think, is what the final number came out to when all was said and done. So it's a pretty shallow draft class in rounds five through seven, which is where a lot of these guys at the Shrine game specifically in Frisco, uh, that's where a lot of these guys are going to go. There are some outliers that will end up going higher, like Jonathan Brooks from Texas is here. He's recovering from a torn ACL. Uh, Jatavian Sanders, a tight end out of Texas, he'll be a high pick. Edron Cooper, uh, the linebacker out of Texas, he's going to be maybe even a first-round out of Texas A&M. He might be a first-round pick. So there are some higher picks here. But this is really where you're going to find those day three gems. And it'll be a chance for these guys to show out and try to separate themselves in, again, what is, I think, going to be a pretty shallow draft class just based on how many kids are able to go back to school with the extra COVID year, years that are still in effect, the transfer portal, and all those other mitigating and, – and, 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 and NIL deals, honestly, are all those mitigating factors that are keeping kids in school longer. Yeah, John, so every year, obviously, the, the Shrine Bowl, the Senior Bowl, the coaching staffs are made up of NFL coaches. Yep. And so down it for the Shrine Bowl this weekend, the Giants are actually pretty well represented. Uh, Mike Kafka, obviously the head coach for one of the teams. Angela Baker, an offensive assistant here, is the tight ends coach. And the newly hired special teams coordinator, Michael Gobriel, he is going mm. to be one of the special teams coordinators down there. Can you just talk about, I guess, the type of exposure that these Giants coaches are going to get with these players down in Shrine Bowl? for this week, like have the hands-on experience that they're going to get with them throughout the practices and then the game itself? Yeah, great question, and it's honestly invaluable. And you have Michael Gobriel. He's the special teams coordinator on the East team, and then you have Mike Kafka as the head coach on the West team. <laughs> yeah. So they're separated, and yeah. I think that's important, right? Yep. Because then you literally have both those coaches – are going to be exposed to pretty much, as a special teams coordinator, you're pretty much coaching everybody at some point over the course of the week. And obviously for the head coach, you're coaching everybody as well. So these guys will have exposure to pretty much every player that's down here and to see firsthand how seriously they take the work, how quickly they're able to pick up what they're asking them to do from an offensive standpoint, a special team standpoint, um, how they interact with their teammates, whether or not they're hard workers, how studious they are. These are all things that you can you know, talk to coaches from schools. You could talk to other people around universities and things like that, and they can tell you things. But to have the firsthand experience seeing how these guys learn and how they act in a true football atmosphere where you're having meetings, you're having practices – is really invaluable, and the Giants will then have the benefit down in Mobile. We could talk about this when, when I pop on with you guys next week um, at the Senior Bowl as well when they have Mike Adams down there as a special teams coordinator mm -hmm. on one team and Shea Tierney as the OC on the other team. So 
for the Giants, who obviously are still trying to build through the draft, it, it is invaluable exposure, and it really gives you almost like a little cheat code as you try to evaluate some of these guys. Yeah, especially the Shrine Bowl, John, because you'll see a lot of third, fourth, fifth, you know, your third-day picks coming out of this game, and this is where you can get that extra intel that gives you a leg up on getting those sleeper guys, if you yeah, will. Yeah, and Paul, by the way, remember – those guys are going to have to play special teams mm-hmm. right away when they get into the league, right? No so doubt. to have the special teams coordinator no on one of the teams I think is even more valuable. Yeah. Hey, um, what is the precise schedule now? That from give, give the people an understanding. Like, what are you going to go through now? What kind of practices are you going to see? When are they going to be? How is this thing set up so that as you're trying to call this information, how is this flow going to work? No, good question. So, uh, no practice today. Today is just uh, kind of their media day, so we'll get pretty much the entire West roster spare, a couple of position groups today. That starts at 1 o'clock time, so 2 o'clock Eastern. Um, then we have practices on Saturday and Sunday. They start early here. First practice is at 8.15 a.m., and mm. that's 9.15 Eastern time. And they're done by noon. And then you have another, like, three hours or so of media um, when that's done in the afternoon. They basically bring out every player, and you'll have a chance to interview whoever you want. I'm going to have a chance to talk to, I've you know picked a few guys off of each team. I'll put them all together into one Giants huddle that'll probably go up on some point on Monday, and it'll basically just be a bunch of, you know, maybe a dozen three-minute interviews with guys that are down here that I think are interesting. So um, that's basically what the two days are like, and then there's more practice on, on Monday or Tuesday, but on Monday we're traveling uh, to Mobile for the Senior Bowl, yeah. so we don't miss anything there starting on Tuesday. So that's what the next couple of days look like. The practices here are a little bit shorter. Uh, They're just about an hour and a half. When in Mobile, they're almost two hours, the practices at the Senior Bowl. So it's a little bit shorter, but um, it'll definitely be good exposure to these guys as they, um, you know, work against other players that are some of the best kids coming out in college. And you're allowed to see all the practices, right? Oh yeah, we, okay. will, we, will, we, will, we will be in the stands. Hopefully, uh, they'll let me in with, with into the Cowboys facility wearing my Giants quarter zip here. But other than that, I should. Oh, be that's able to a watch good move. Yeah. <laughs> that's a real good move. <laughs> and and when when you talk to the players, is this like a Super Bowl scrum where they're going to be at the podium and everyone's going to be uh, trying to get questions in, or, or are they going to let you sit down with some guys individually? That's a good question. I have not done this before. I have not done it yet. I'm thinking that they're just going to bring the guys into the room, and then you can grab them and talk to them one-on-one. That would be my bet. But um, I do not know for sure. Given the length of these media availability periods, I'm guessing, and the hope is, that I'll be able to get one-on-one times with the guys Mm -hmm. that I want to get one-on-one times with. Yeah, John, so one of my personal favorite prospects that's going to be down at the Shrine Bowl this week, not necessarily, you know, a saying for the Giants, but just overall is Jatavian Sanders, the the big tight end yeah. from Texas, who is actually going to be on is on the West team, which Angela Baker is coaching the tight end. So Angela is going to get, you know, great fir- first row, front row experience on how Jatavian works. But he's one of my personal favorite prospects out of the Shrine Bowl. Who are some of the prospects that you have a special eye on that you're going to be keeping an eye on this week? Yeah, look, I, I think I think Sanders is a good one. Um, he's probably going to be one of the two or three highest selected players out of this game. I hope he doesn't pull the Zay Flowers from last year, where he plays about three plays in practice, and then he says, "I'm good, <laughs> see you guys," and 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 he, and he basically pulls the parachute on us. Yeah. So I'm hoping that does not happen because that does happen sometimes with with some of these higher rated prospects. Um, I mentioned a couple of guys before, and I'll dig into them a little bit more. Um, 
Edron Cooper, the linebacker out of Texas A&M, he's an old-school off-ball linebacker. This is not one of these like 230-pound edge rushers. He can cover. He can stop the run. He can blitz. He does a little bit of everything. I think he could sneak into the late first round. Otherwise, I think he's an early second-round pick. His NFL teams really are starved for you know high-level linebacker play. Luckily, the Giants are, are pretty good in that area, but I think he's a really good prospect. You know, there's such... A high level of offensive line practice uh, players at the Senior Bowl. We'll see next week. Multiple, like four or five first-round, six first-round guys at the Senior Bowl mm-hmm. that has pushed some guys down to the Shrine game. So there are some guys here that are interesting that I'm keeping an eye on. Um, Matt Gonzalez, an offensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. He missed this last year all but three games due to an injury. He played tackle at Pittsburgh. Paul, he's a big boy. He's 6'6", 330. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to play him at guard here um, at Shrine. So that's someone to keep an eye on. A uh, small school guy. This is what this is somebody Tony Pauline has kind of clued me in on a little bit. Go check out draft season, by the way. You can hear more from Tony. That's right. Uh, C.J. Hansen, offensive tackle, or, uh, offensive guard, rather. He played right guard at Holy Cross, so he's a local kid. 6'6", 305, three-year starter there. He's a guy that I like. And then, look, we've seen both North Dakota and South Dakota State, State develop a lot of, you know, really good prospects over the last few years, and they always seem to be offensive linemen. And there's another one here, Mason McCormick, uh, a guard out of South Dakota State. He's a starting left guard for them, 6'5", 3'15". He is a nasty son of a gun. I watched him on tape a little bit yesterday. He finishes plays. He pancakes guys. He's nasty, and he can move pretty well too. So there are some offensive <clears throat> linemen excuse me, on defense. Uh, Khalid Duke, edge player out of Kansas State, 6'4", 246". Really good motor, uh, never gives up on a play. A little bit of an undersized pass rusher, but I did like him if you're looking for a 3-4 stand-up outside linebacker. Steel Chambers out of Ohio State. i got to give Dan Salomon's group a, a little bit of a shout here. Another off-ball linebacker that can cover a little bit. He's another guy. And then there are a couple of quarterbacks here that are okay too, right? Keaton Slovis, um, he went from USC to Pitt to BYU. He's been you know, in college circles for a long time. Austin Reed yeah. has 8,000 passing uh, yards yes. over the last two years. Um, the next he's kind of a he, No, that's what he is. Paul, you're right. He is a Bailey Zappy clone. That's what he yep. is. So he's not really physically gifted, but, boy, he is productive as all heck out of Western Kentucky. And then you have Devin Leary, who was at NC State, went to Kentucky. He's more of a toolsy guy, mm-hmm. but he didn't really have the consistency that you like. And I'll throw two more guys at you real quick. Running back position. Uh, I mentioned Jonathan Brooks earlier. Obviously, he's not going to work down here because he tore his ACL uh, during his last year at Texas. If he didn't tear his ACL, he was going to be the top running back in this draft class or more than likely not be that guy. So how do teams evaluate his medicals? This will be a good chance for him to meet with teams. Obviously, they'll get more medical information at the Combine when they do all the tests and everything. So he's an interesting player that's here, even though he's not going to participate and then Frank Gore Jr., you know, yep. smaller running back. He's under 200 pounds, unlike his dad, who was more of a bruiser. But he has the name recognition, right? So he's a guy that I think is interesting. And then a wide receiver that, honestly, Tony Pauline did not mention him to me when he was going through some of these guys. But I watched him this morning as I get ready for these interviews because he's going to be one of the guys that talks to us at 1 o'clock here. Um, Malik Washington out of Virginia, a wide receiver. He's just 5'8". But he's 195 pounds. He is like a little bowling ball. He led college football with 110 catches this mm-hmm. year. 
He had 1,400 receiving yards. He's like a little Debo Samuel. He's very hard to bring down. He's great after the catch. He can run away from guys. He breaks tackles. He makes the miss in space. I don't know how he's going to be used in the NFL. Maybe he's going to be kind of like the quote Paul Dottino, that G gadget ride receiver. But he can do a lot with the ball in his hands. He's quick, and he's a fun player to watch. Cool stuff. John, uh, enjoy yourself down there. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Uh, try to stay out of trouble and be dry. <laughs> yeah, I might be in the air on Monday when you guys are on flying, but I will let you know my schedule if we have like a delay in Atlanta or something like that going from Frisco to okay. Atlanta to Mobile. <laughs> I, I might be airborne. I will let you guys know if well, you I'm you could available. always walk it, John. Come on yes, now. Yes, I always could. <laughs> w- w- worst comes to worst, I will literally be live from practice okay. in, at Mobile on Tuesday to join you guys, which right. should be fun. When do your huddles go up with uh, with these interviews? Will uh, they that, start? That sh- I'll, be, I'll be doing it over the next couple of days. So the interview huddle with all the players should go up on Monday. Pierce okay. will be ready for that. Yep. And then uh, Mike Renner went up today. He kind of came on. Um, he covers the draft of the Messenger, and uh, he did a great uh, Shrine and Senior Bowl preview on the huddle. Uh, so go, I think it's posted right now, so everyone should go check that out. Yep. All right, John, be up. well. Thanks, guys. We'll Enjoy, talk to you. John. John Schmelk down at the uh, Shrine Bowl will also be at the Senior Bowl next week. And, you know, hey, when you're the number one uh, six pick in the draft, Matt, um, these become very important uh, times. Oh, definitely. And, you know, as as John mentioned, it's going to be invaluable having several members of the coaching staff both at the Shrine and the Senior Bowl over the next week. Yeah, that's a big deal. It's a a really big deal because uh, you can't learn everything from watching tape. You do have to meet these guys in person. You have to see how they react to failure, how they react to instruction. You got to look into a guy's eyes and and see where he's coming from. Uh, You know, we get some of that at the Combine, but as we all know, that's a lot of coached up stuff. Okay, this is a little bit more real football environment. Oh, definitely. And you also, you know, especially for the linemen on both sides of the ball, you you can watch them on tape, but you don't get a sense of how big some of these guys are until you're actually on the field a few feet away from them watching them go through drills. Like I know Joe Shane has mentioned uh, their scouting of Jordan Riley over the last year mm-hmm. before drafting him. They did he wasn't really on their radar until they went to Oregon to scout the Ducks and they were standing on the field next to him and they were like, Who is this massive lineman on the field here? And sure enough, less than a year later, seventh round pick of the Giants. So you really get a sense of how big some of these guys are when you're actually standing a few feet away. His from first them. call after the draft was to Angelo and say, Get more food ready. <laughs> Uh, by the way, just so you know, folks, the Giants Huddle is uh, available through your podcast platforms everywhere, as well as Giants.com. So check the stuff out when uh, John starts filing that. Again, Pearson, on Monday, I guess he said it was going to be going up. You'll get a bunch of interviews and get a little flavor for what's going on down there uh, at the Shrine Bowl. The Huddle is, is year-round, okay? You get all kinds of coaches and former players and NFL personalities uh, on that program. And so that's separate from this program. You don't get to call in. It's not live. But we try to bring you as much information as we can. Uh, Also, folks, remember, you can take your Giants fandom to the next level. 
Take a giant season ticket membership for the 2024 season. Stay connected all year round, not just on game days. To learn more about all of your exclusive member benefits for New York Giants football, go to Giants.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available. And Giants TV is the official connected TV streaming app. Giants TV brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Free TV, as well as the Giants mobile app. And there was no specific promo here for draft season, but I know that Tony Pauline uh, and John do a really good job doing all these little segments about some of the positions and some of the key players as we're leading up into the draft. And you guys know Big Blue Kickoff Live. We do a ton of draft preview here over the ensuing months. All right, 201-939-4513 is our phone number. Write it down. We've got approximately, oh, 40 minutes or so to the program, and I want to go rapid fire. I know a lot of times we don't get to as many calls as we'd like to because we're discussing news items or interesting things around the league. But today, I really want to let the callers drive the show. So we're going to try to make it as quick as possible. Don't dilly-dally with your point. Uh, Charlie, call another time because you take too long. Uh, 201-939-4513. And let's get to the phones. I believe our first caller is on line three. It's James from Georgia. You're on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hi. How you doing, James? Uh, uh, didn't get a chance to call last week, but since we're going rapid fire, I will get right to it. Um... I uh, asked you, Paul Dettino, when you said you were going to be doing the show today, and I said I had a you know a couple of points. So sure, um, y'all just y'all actually just made me think of a, a totally new one. Um, <laughs> That's good. With, it means the program right. is giving you enlightening, intelligent content. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so with the more players invited to the special games, um, how many seniors? Um, do you think have gotten snubbed? Like, did they increase the number? Um, like, they invited the same number of seniors and just added juniors to it? Or did they keep the overall number the same, which is going to take opportunities away from some of the seniors? And did they increase the time to have the, you know, to accommodate these extra players so that the time you see each player isn't as well? You know well, what I'm saying? I don't, yeah, I think that's a really good question. We didn't ask that of John. We probably should on Monday when he comes back. I don't necessarily know that they expanded the list or the rosters for these games. I think the rosters are pretty much what they've always been. Now, yes. do you know the answer to that, Matt? I, I'm not sure compared to last year, the numbers, but I do know that at both the Senior Bowl and the Shrine Bowl that there are over 120 prospects at each one. Mm-hmm. And seniors make up a large chunk of that group, but you know, as John mentioned, there will be some juniors, but it's not—it's not a lot. It's not a high percentage of that 120 plus that are going to be at both of the two college all-star. James, games. I would assume there are some seniors who might have gone to these games in the past who now are going to be nosed out. I mean, that just seems uh-huh. natural to me because we know right. how many underclassmen are making a splash and teams are interested in these guys and they want to see them at these games. Remember, these committees who run these all-star games, they consult with the NFL scouts to kind of put a a preliminary list together and say, look, these are guys we're really interested in seeing. Track these guys. And as we get closer to the all-star games, now send out those invites. So I would think there were a bunch of seniors 
who maybe are not getting a chance to come to this week's or next week's games. I, I, I would think that's probably true. Some, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, so my next one, I'll, I'll end with this one. Um, with the coaching carousel going on, and um, I know Johnson CS, he like when he's on, he likes to talk about how coaches have their guys. You know what I mean? Um, and with free agency coming up and all that, I know we lost Martindale, and you know him and Jahad Ward both said. Um, Jahard Ward's a Martindale guy. I know bringing him back was probably a long shot anyway, but do you see anybody on our defense now since the regime, or some of them, the regime didn't, like, uh, draft him or whatnot? I'm specifically talking about McKinney. Do you think McKinney says, hey, I really like Wink, I'll go somewhere else, or do you think he's, you know, more of one of the players that, so you know, not sticking to a, a certain coach if mm-hmm. they come called, and you know what I mean. I got you, James. And, um, was that I'll the last question? On well, I, I also bring that up because there was a Kayvon Thibodeau did an interview um, speaking mm-hmm. on the Buckley situation uh, recently. I think he did it yesterday, actually, um, after yesterday's show, um, and. That all plays into, you know, the players see it, and what he was saying was, yeah, the Giants put their money in what his eyes was the wrong player. They should have paid Barkley over Jones. So do you think – I know Kayvon's not going anywhere, but do you think that some of that actually plays into it? And now that a player's actually voiced it, you know, how a lot of people have felt, do you think that that is an issue or – um, and again, back to my original question: Do you think that there's anybody that we might be that might be pending free agents who we might lose just because they're, you know, the defensive coordinator in situation? All right, James, appreciate it. Next time we're going to get you FedEx training so you can talk quicker. <laughs> Thank you so much for the comment. Which one of those things do you want to take? Uh, you know, I'll let you choose. You go. Well, I'll t- I'll tell you this: Players in the locker room don't get to determine how money is going to be spent on salaries or how the roster is going to be made up. And quite honestly, players don't also understand necessarily the business side and the machinations of how contracts work or why you have to do what what you do. Now, for example, I told you folks a year before, a year earlier, before anybody was even talking about this, Jones is probably going to wind up reaching the deal because then you're going to be able to tag Barkley. That was the, the move, the most logical business sense because of how the numbers would work and how the players at that particular moment in time, given their injury history and given their performance history, it was the most logical scenario that was going to work for the Giants. And that's exactly what happened. Jones signed, Barkley got the tag, then they wound up ripping up the tag anyway and signing a one-year deal. Okay? Now, there are off-the-field reasons, again, because of how contracts are structured. How do you want to use the tag? What is the tag price? Uh, How inflated does that become compared to other positions? Those are not the things that Kayvon Thibodeau was thinking about when he said what he said about Barkley. He simply said Barkley was like 30% of our offense last year. 
man, they should have taken care of that guy, right? Uh, it's a paraphrase or whatever. So he's thinking about it from a strictly a, a on-the-field perspective, just saying how valuable Barkley is to the team. He is not taking a step back and looking at all of the other angles to the prism. Remember what I tell you, folks. Nothing in the National Football League is done in a bubble, okay? That, that's not the way it works in this league. It is a spider web. Everything you do has ancillary things that get affected. Every strand pulls on another strand. And I am sure if, I don't want to speak for Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't want to do that. But I suspect that he was not talking about the entire scope of all of the elements and the angles that needed to be considered when the Giants figured out how they would deal with those two players. So that's first. And second, nothing a player says of that nature is going to impact how the front office moves forward with guys. Do you want to take the one about Wink Martindale? Yeah, well, I'll take about, you know, some pending free agents. Uh, before we can really say for, you know, even with some certainty what players that are upcoming free agents might be back next year on the defensive side of the ball, obviously the team needs to hire a defensive coordinator first. Yeah. We need to see, you know, the type of defense that the guy, that whoever they bring in, what kind of defense he's going to run. I mean, you would think that based on the personnel that are – already in the building that they might want to target a defensive coordinator who has more of a, you know, three, four defense in mind, but we don't know for sure. Like if they decide to bring someone in who traditionally runs a four, three, that obviously could change, alter their plans on some of the pending free agents. So before, you know, we go through the list and say, which guys are more likely to be back than others. I, they re we need to really see who, fills that position, the most important position on the defensive side of the coaching staff first. Mm -hmm. I will say just in terms of, you know, one of the players that James mentioned, Xavier McKinney, I, Xavier, you know, during the season did make some comments after one of the games where he just wasn't, I guess he and the coaching staff weren't necessarily seeing on eye to eye. They weren't seeing on the same page and that quickly got, you know, resolved in, you know, within the week McKinney was saying it's all good, everything. And throughout the rest of the season, I mean, beyond that point, McKinney played great. And again, he was one of the defensive players that was on the field for every single defensive snap. So again, despite what happened during the season between McKinney and any of the coaches, whether they're here or no longer here, the most important thing before the giants, the front office, any decisions made on any pending free agent is going to be filling out the rest of the coaching staff and seeing what that guy who's going to be leading the defense, what he has in mind in terms of personnel on every level of the ball. Yeah. From the team perspective, I would agree with Matt. From the player's perspective, Xavier McKinney made a number of comments publicly that makes me believe his number one loyalties to George Washington more than it is any coach. Just FYI. Uh, he, he's... He's basically said his best football is ahead of him and he expects to be paid. So I think his loyalty will be to his wallet uh, more than anything else. And if that turns out to be with the Giants, fine. Uh, but I, I just don't know the answer to that right now. Uh, and then as far as uh, Jihad Ward is concerned, yeah, he, he and Wink definitely have a very strong bond. And I know that Wink insisted on, on Ward coming here because he wanted him as a big locker room influence. Um, 
I, I don't know what, what Ward plans on doing. I don't even know if he plans on playing this year, to be honest. He's been around the league now for more than a handful of years. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Does he plan to keep playing or not? I know he's an unrestricted free agent, and we'll have to see. But I would agree that of all the players on the roster now with the Giants, and again, he's a pending free agent, he's got the deepest connection to, uh, to the former defensive coordinator. Uh, and so, you know, it would not surprise me if he went where he landed. That would not shock me at all. No, it wouldn't surprise it me. It also either. wouldn't surprise me if he stayed here because he seems to have liked it here. Yeah, definitely. And I will just say, if you guys are interested in seeing the full list of pending free agents, guys that have been with the Giants that are about to hit free agency, whether it's unrestricted free agency or restricted, there are a couple of exclusive rights free agents. Uh, just yesterday, we posted to Giants.com the full list. Mm-hmm. So you can check it out there, the full list, every single player that's about to hit free agency that was on the Giants this past season. Just FYI. 201-939-4513 is our phone number. We've got a line open. In the meantime, let's go to Coach Marvin in Delaware. Coach, always great to have you on the program. What's going on today? Oh, how you doing, Paul? All good. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, welcome to the show. Um... Uh, real quick, I just wanted to say John stole my statement a minute ago. I was calling to say um, it because we have a giant coach coaching the team in the Shrine game. Uh, I'm looking for my Debo Samuel. Uh, no matter what position, doesn't matter what position, but I want a Debo Samuel. It can be a it can be a guard, it can be a receiver, it can be a running back, a DB, defensive lineman. But I want a Debo Samuel in this game, and this is the opportunity to meet one of those guys because you're you're training with him and uh, you're talking to him. You're eye to eye. You can see his emotions, and you can see what type of person he is when when you see him in person. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think it's a big opportunity, and hopefully, uh, the uh, coach will be able to to find one of these guys. Um, one of my questions for you guys is couple of years i think it was a couple of years or last year uh hooker came from tennessee uh the quarterback, the quarterback yeah hurt. yeah what did you think of him when he was playing at tennessee well to be honest with you coach i didn't think he was a top tier guy i know phil sims uh-huh. had always thought he was a sleeper who could wind right. up being an elite guy and and one of the guys who would make a mark in the national football league um i was mixed on him to be honest, I know he's got a gun of an arm. <laughs> There's no question about that. Right. He can throw it. But, right. you know, you know, part of that thing with Tennessee, too, is is, is the scheme that they run. Right, right. And, and, but it, as a player, I felt the same way. He was. I didn't think he was a top tier, but I thought he was a guy you could take a chance on later in the rounds. Well, for and sure. I, that's not. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but that's the point, you know. And, and I don't know, Coach, in all honesty – I don't know if he, in my opinion, when, when he was coming out, I don't know if I necessarily even looked at him as a starter. I might have looked at him as a good backup. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I had too many questions. He also, okay. he also right. suffered the torn ACL at the very end of yeah. his collegiate career. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he right. didn't play a single snap for the Lions this past season. Basically, it was a redshirt year for him. So yeah. any team that was selecting him, Knew that he was, knew that yeah knew that he was not going to be a part of the 2023 sure. plan. Yes, and, and you both hit right on the right on the nose what I was thinking because I I feel there's one that's sitting there because I still think and I talked to Paul about this I think the avenue is open in their draft even when you're talking about quarterbacks 
because three, the top three may be. I'm, it's a chance they all three are going to be gone early before the six pick. The, the top it's two will be coach. There's no question. The At least two, two are gone. There's no doubt right. about that. There's no doubt about that. And that's why I said it, it, I, I believe they most likely three, but it's a chance that it, one of them is going to. Every year, somebody slides in that draft if they're in the top. Somebody always slides. So if they, if they are looking at quarterback, I'm not telling them to draft one because I told you, Paul, whatever they do, I'm fine with because they're in the position to get a top-tier player, offensive lineman, wide receiver, or if they feel that's the quarterback for them, that he's a top-tier for them. Um, so there's a lot of avenues, the free agency, trading, there's different ways. So the reason I asked you about Hooker, because there's someone that's in the same position as Hooker. And I, and I totally forgot about him. I was just looking through notes, and he came up, and that's Jordan Travis. So I don't know how do y'all feel about Travis. From what I heard, he's playing in this Shrine game. He's what Shrine game. I believe he's on the roster. So he is on the roster, but I actually just read this this morning. He suffered a pretty serious injury, I think, back in November for Florida yes. State. So while he is at the Shrine Bowl this week, I believe he is only interviewing. I don't think he's doing anything on the field, actually. I'll try to message okay. John and ask him if he can check into that for you. Yeah, that was my last thing I wanted to say. If you talk to John, to see if John talks to him and mm-hmm. see if he noticed anything about him. and uh, Because I think he's a guy, I'm more of a person that everybody knows who the top guys are. I mean, when I was coaching, I knew who the who the guys were. I needed to find that person nobody's talking about. Well, you know what, and Coach? I think you and I, uh, excuse me, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think it's important no. to note, I think you and I are on the same page here. If the Giants decide that they do want to draft a quarterback, it is absolutely an avenue that they could draft a developmental guy. They could look at Daniel Jones and say, you know what? By the time April comes around, maybe his rehab is going really well. And maybe his schedule looks like it's going to be accelerated. And maybe he's not going to miss any games. Maybe he's going to be able to play game one in September. We don't know that. That's all hypothetical. But let's just say that it does look like that. There's nothing wrong with them digging a little deeper past the first round, taking a young rookie developmental quarterback and saying, okay, you're going to sit behind Daniel Jones for a year, two years, who knows, maybe even three. And, and, and maybe they just think that, hey, that guy can be, you know, the next Aaron Rodgers or that guy can be the next whatever. As someone right. who sits behind somebody, he can be the next Mahomes. He can sit for a couple yeah. of years. They they. People's, people are so caught up today in thinking, you have to draft a first-round quarterback, and, man, he's got to get in and start right away. People are right. so gung-ho about that. I they mean, are. It, they it, are. And it is so wrong. Yeah, and, and I'm with you, Paul, and we do think Of course same. you are, because you know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, and, and to your point, the Dallas Cowboys did that. They drafted Dak Prescott in the fourth round. He was just—I mean, he was an okay college player. Right. He, he made some there plays. There you go. There and, you go. And they put him in the lineup, and the scheme that they were running, he adjusted to it, and he—he he knew what was going on. They taught him well. They prepared him well. See, if you draft a legit first. prospect, a guy who's, who's not a top top level guy, right, a developmental guy, 
You actually right. don't put any pressure now on your starter, okay? Because you're telling Daniel Jones, look, you got some time left on your contract. Come back, do what you do, and we will then be able to decide over the course of the next couple of years how we're going to proceed. Maybe, yeah. maybe he keeps the job and stays. I mean, remember when the, the Falcons traded Brett Favre? To the Packers. Right. Brett Favre yeah. was drafted by the Falcons. <laughs> and then they decided, yeah. you know what? We don't need him. We got who we want to we want to get. Ship him off. And Rod Wolf went and got him in Green Bay. You could do that right. too. The Chargers they went like they... the Chargers went after Drew Brees wound up hurting his uh, arm. Yep. And they were like, All right, fine. We'll just move on. Let him go somewhere else. We got somebody else here. You you open the door to options. When you draft right. a developmental quarterback in this scenario, you yeah. don't have to be boxed into a first-round pick who needs to start right away. Def- That's all I'm saying. Definitely, and I know the, the guy I'm about to mention, he was a first-round pick, granted a late first-round pick, but we just saw what Jordan Love was able to do after sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for three years in Green Bay. He mm-hmm. came out in a year that everybody thought the Packers were going to be you know, fully rebuilding towards the bottom of the NFC North, and there they are in the divisional round, almost taking down the 49ers, the NFC favorite. And, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, perhaps the best quarterback in the league, also sat behind Alex Smith for a year after he got drafted. Again, those are first-round picks, not necessarily the you know day two, day three picks that you right. mentioned, Coach, but I will say that down at the Senior Bowl, the crop of quarterbacks that are participating in events down in Mobile next week are not the top three that everyone thinks are going to go the in the draft. Tier. The next tier. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's some That's good right. players between Bo Nix, uh, Michael Nick. Pratt, Joe Milton, Sam Hartman. Like There are some very – Michael Penix is, is going to be down well, Penix there. Penix has Penix. a huge injury history. I'm a Bo Nix guy myself. So I like him in that next tier. All those guys will be down there. And similar to what we discussed earlier about having Giants coaches at the Shrine Bowl, Shea Tierney is one of the offensive coordinators at Bingo. the Senior Bowl. And that is our quarterbacks coach here. So he's going to get hands-on experience with all of these quarterbacks and will be able to provide great intel to the front office and the rest of the coaching staff on this next tier of quarterbacks that are projected to go in the draft. Coach, I love that you brought this up so we could bring this to light, but you know 95% of the people out there don't want to hear it. I know. I know. Coach Marvin, I want to run. We gave gave them some good examples real quick. You have Jalen Hurts who went late. I think he was a second-round pick. And the Trump, all of this, Brock Purdy is playing in the NFC Championship game, and he was the last pick in the draft. Yeah. You guys take care. All right, Coach Marvin, thank you. 201-939-4513. Mark this down in your notebook. The more you talk to Coach Marvin, the more you'll understand the game. <laughs> he's, he's aces. 201-939-4513. Phone lines are open if you want to get in. We go to line one, Marty in Manahawkin. You're next on the program. Hello. Hey, Paul. Hey, Matt. How's it going? Hey, Barty. Hey, uh, Paul. Uh, you know, it's uh, now that what's his name is uh, Harbaugh is over there in uh, San Diego, and uh, there was a well, lot of L.A., talk but about... I get you. <laughs> Go ahead. I still make the same mistake. <laughs> the charges are still in San Diego to some of us. <laughs> yeah. Go yeah. ahead. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he uh, he made it no secret that uh, he wanted to get take J.J. Uh, McCarthy with him, and uh, okay, if, uh, let him if he would if he would do that with the fifth pick, and uh, if he did, what would they do with uh, Herbert? And uh, you know maybe they would try to move Herbert to get some picks to recoup. 
Uh, okay. First, you know, first, lot, first thing, first things first. If he does that, the entire state of California would throw him into the Pacific Ocean. Okay? That's not happening. Yeah, from what I have read over the last couple of days, one of the biggest selling points to get Harbo to the Chargers was Justin Herbert. So as much as he might lo- love J.J. McCarthy, I would think it is a very, very, very tiny chance that they are taking J.J. McCarthy with the fifth overall pick and trading Herbert. I think they're going to build around Herbert, who is one of the top young up-and-coming quarterbacks in the NFL, and a sure building block to build around. So, And, and Marty, in all honesty, McCarthy's not a first-round pick, I don't think, in anybody's estimation anyway. No, I, no, I, I think far it. from it, to be honest with you. He might go in the first yeah. round just because teams tend to overdraft, overdraft yeah. when it comes to the quarterback he position. But He shouldn't. That'll be a big debate over the next the three aspect. months. Yeah, I was looking at the aspect maybe that uh, if, if that was the case, uh, maybe uh, Brock Bowers could follow us at six. Well, there's a real chance that Bowers is there at six. The question is, if, if, you, you know, if you're the Giants, do you take him? I, I think there's a real chance he's there. Yeah. A lot of people uh, do think he could end up being the Chargers pick now at five, but – Right, right. I, I feel like if if he is there at six, I would assume that he would be in the discussion for the Giants. I mean, we obviously we expect as of now Darren Waller to be back. Daniel Bellinger's will be back. They are some tight ends already, but as we've come to see with some of the best teams over the last decade plus, it help it helps to build a championship team when you have a stud tight end and. Brock Bowers looks like he's going to be a stud in the NFL. Pearson, is the NFL yeah. uh, Giants draft tracker up yet? The video we did yesterday? Yes, it is up. That's already up? Got posted right. this morning. We, well, we did that. We did that yesterday. I did it with Lance. Chris Trapasso of CBS Sports actually has the Giants selecting Bowers at number six. Uh, and, I, and I'm sure as we get closer to the draft, he won't be the only one who projects that because the player is a quality blue-chip prospect. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's part of the uh, what Mel Kuyper has coined the nifty nine, who the, <laughs> yeah. the, the top nine players that a lot of people think are going to go in the draft all happen to come on the offensive side of the ball. The three quarterbacks, the three top receivers, the two top offensive tackles, and then Brock Bowers. So some people will put out the argument, you know, positional value, taking a tight end that early in the draft. But without a doubt, just in terms of skills, Brock Bowers is one of the best players in this year's draft. Yeah, there's no question. What, what else yeah, you got, Marty? That scared, the thing that scares me with Waller, though, is, uh, you know, it seems to me, you know, seeing what's happened in past history, as soon as uh, these players come out and they, they start with their – they think it's a rap album that they're going to make millions of dollars with, that's like the kiss of death to me when, with, with them. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to let his musical taste interfere with my uh, grading of his football skills. If that's okay with you. Yeah, I will say, Damian Lillard, top NBA player. He's a rapper. He has al- songs, albums out there, and it doesn't seem to hinder him on the court. So I... just, just from an economic perspective, Marty. Just FYI, um, according to Over the Cap, uh, you'd be talking about over seven million in dead money uh, if the Giants were to move on uh, pre-June first from from Darren Waller. Um, you know, I don't know that they're in a position right now that they'd be too anxious to do that. But that's yeah, for well, them I to hope decide. It works not out. Me. Yeah, I hope it works out. I mean, I like Waller, but I hope it works out. And uh, thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. 
201-939-4513 is our number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Uh, Darren Waller, to me, is a pro's pro. I enjoy watching him uh, practice. I enjoy watching him play. The Giants had a lot of things happen to their offense this year, and he was just one of the ancillary guys who got damaged by it. Uh, he he did, did have the injury he had to deal with, no question. We understand that. He's had a few of those in his career. Uh, that's not to be debated. But quite honestly, uh, you know, he was going to be another 1,000-yard threat that he had been earlier in his career. That was the idea. When he came here, the idea was he would be the 1,000-yard receiving threat in the Giants' passing game. There's no doubt he's got the ability to do that, Matt. Now, the Giants' passing game went off the track because of a lot of different reasons, not because of Darren Waller. So, you know, I'm inclined myself, I would be inclined to, to, to have him go at it again. Oh, definitely. And let's not forget that prior to the injury that caused him to miss five games, Waller was starting to look like one of what we remember him being from the last few years. One How about of the, the Washington game? One of the top tight ends in the league. Yeah, that Washington game I was going to bring up. Seven catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown. And that was two weeks after having eight catches for 86 yards against the Dolphins. So he clearly was a big part of the offensive game plan. And I'm assuming I see no reason why to think that he won't be again next year. You know, I mean, you have to, you would think or assume that a wide receiver in some capacity will be added to the roster. Perhaps that, you know, number one guy. But regardless, Darren Waller is going to be, as long as he's healthy. He's going to be a big part of the offensive game plan next season. One thing to keep in mind, if you want to enhance the Giants' passing game this year, now we all understand the offensive line has to be a lot better. Okay, that's to be, you know, obviously, it doesn't even need to be talked about. But in truth, it's not like they need to upgrade the tight end spot as much as they would need to upgrade the production out of the wide receiver room. Yep. That's really where, if it's going to come, that's where it's got to come from. Those numbers need to come out of that door. And this is a great draft for wide receivers. Oh, yeah. I mean, super draft for wide receivers. It's probably the deepest position in the April selection process. I would say either wide receiver or offensive line with focus more on the offensive tackles. But those, yeah, wide receiver is definitely the position that most of the, you know, the top draft experts in the business are all saying that this is the deepest wide receiver class in a very, very long time. The, the comparison I heard, I believe it was Mel Kuyper, compared it to, I believe it was the 1996 wide receiver class that featured Whoa. multiple Hall of Famers yeah. in the first round. So if if there are that number of high quality players to come out of this draft, then it is certainly a good off season to be in need of a wide receiver. And here's the really cool thing for me: doesn't have to be for you, doesn't have to be for you either, Matt. But you know, I'm I'm one who likes the skyscrapers. I've always been that way. I want guys who can go get it. Uh, other people like the mosquitoes. All right, the little the little guys, quick, nifty. I get it. The little little jitterbugs. I get that. Okay. This draft has top-notch big play receivers who are big and who are small. It actually has a collection of both. So you can go to either shelf if you want a big play receiver. You want a guy who's 6'3", go get him. You want a guy who's 6 feet, 5'11", go get him. They're on the shelf, both varieties. So it's okay if you want... You know, Cheerios or Honey Nut Cheerios, they're both on the shelf. Yeah, I mean, the two 
players that many draft experts out there are, are connecting to the Giants at the wide receiver position at number six overall are pretty much ranked the number two and three receivers in the draft. Malik Neighbors from right. LSU, right. Roma Dunze from Washington. Neighbors being the smaller guy. Yeah, because realistically, Marvin Harrison Jr. is not going to be there at number no. six. He's not, unfortunately. No. <laughs> um, but between Adunze and Neighbors, those are two very different size and body frame of wide receivers. Adunze is six foot three, 215 pounds, and... Uh, neighbors is more like six feet mm-hmm. still 200 205 pounds very like stocked jacked wide receiver honestly coach marvin brought it up before he kept on saying debo samuel at malik neighbors i think is the closest thing to debo samuel in this draft he mm-hmm. may not in at lsu may not have done as much as the rushing that we've seen from debo in san francisco right. but just in terms of size body frame and the way he plays malik neighbors does remind me a lot of debo samuel Fair enough. So anyway, and we did talk about Neighbors and Odunze on that uh, draft tracker. They're going to be. Because those, there were three guys who the national pundits had projected this week for the Giants. And those are the three. The two guys we just mentioned, plus the tight end Bowers. We talked about them on the uh, on the draft tracker, which I guess is going to be up uh, every single week until we get to the draft at the end of April. 201-939-4513. More lines are open if you'd like to get in. Jay from Florida, you are next on the program. Hello. Hello, Matt. How you guys doing? Hi. Good. How are you? Hey, Paul and Jay from... Um... From Twitter, you got me in touch with that uh, that VCR guy. Oh, good, good. I'm glad you're able to do that. Awesome. I just want to thank you again for you're that. You're very man. welcome. It's awesome. It's been a blessing. Um, but uh, hey, I had a couple of uh, Daniel Jones questions. Um, I'm one of the uh, seems like one of the very few believers in him, and uh, I figured you'd be the perfect person to kind of get to uh, to talk to. Uh, about advice, what to say to some of these Twitter people that say, I'll give you some examples of what they say. They say, uh, first off, like you were saying before, they think no matter what, we need a quarterback at one and they need to start game one. Daniel Jones has got to go. Um, you know, um, he doesn't have the arm talent these other guys have. He never will. Um, you know, all the, all, all the stuff like that. And I, you know, I tell them all the time, I'm like, listen, the guy, the guy has no time, <laughs> you know? All right. Here, here's so, what I'll I mean, say, Jay. You, you, did you hear yesterday's show at all? I did. Okay. For those who did not, and Matt, I'll offer this to you as well. I discussed the, the phrase incubator athlete, and I turned it into incubator quarterback who needs everything to be just perfect for him to succeed. I don't think Daniel Jones is that guy. So for those of you who heard me say that yesterday, don't pin that on Daniel Jones because Daniel Jones succeeded in having a really sweet season and taking the Giants to the playoffs with a mishmash of a carousel in the wide receiver room in 2022, a functional offensive line, and a really good running game. So he had one of the three elements required to be an incubator quarterback, right? The incubator quarterback needs a terrific set of targets who are top-notch. He didn't have that in 2022. He did not have a top-notch offensive line. He had a functional offensive line. Not Mm top-notch, functional. Mm -hmm. 
and he did have I a agree. top he did have a top notch running game with Barkley. So he had one Absolutely. of the three things that an incubator quarterback needs at the level that they need to succeed. So Jones is not an incubator quarterback, and he was still able to do what he needed to do, winning games and being a playoff quarterback with two-thirds of those positions in the incubator uh, uh, scenario not being up to snuff. That's all you need to tell those people. Nothing else. Okay. Yep. I, I mean, I, I agree. I try. It's frustrating. It's hard to – you think it would be so easy to just go through and ignore these people, but you're like, ah, I can't let that go. Stay off Twitter. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Because Twitter, Twitter, yeah, Twitter is full of a lot of stuff. You know what I'm true. talking about now. Come on now. Find, find, now. Finding truth and knowledge is like finding a needle in a haystack. All yeah. right? There's a lot of junk but, out there. Yep, absolutely. But I do think, I think Jones will be close to elite with, uh, well, you know, like you said, a functional line and some good weapons. I think he will be close to elite. Jay, Jay I don't know when everything comes together. I don't know where he's going to wind up ranking. We've had this conversation before, Matt, and I'm going to give him an opportunity to put a number on it. But I thought during the playoff season, to me, Daniel Jones was right there on the cusp of between the top 10 to top 12 quarterbacks in the league. Right about one-third. That's, that's where I put him. Now, elite means yeah, your top five. Me, that means top five. Elite's top five. Yeah. Okay? I, he, Eli was elite for several years. Okay, Daniel Jones is not yep. there. He's not there. But but is he like right at the cusp of top third in the league? Well, this year he wasn't for a variety of reasons, including injury. But in twenty twenty two, I think he was. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say I would have put him in that same exact range. I was gonna say ten, probably between quarterback ten to fifteen, and I'd lean towards the earlier, closer to ten, in that range. Uh, everyone, you know. When it talk, comes to the 2022 season, want to talk about the passing touchdowns, which, granted, he had 15. Yeah. You would want your your starting quarterback to have more than that. But people seem to forget that he also added seven scores on the ground, which most quarterbacks around the league are not coming close to that much production on the ground. Yeah. In, addition, <laughs> in addition to over 700 yards. The numbers all have mm-hmm. to be taken account into context and – Again, the carousel of wide receivers that he was dealing with also had a significant impact on that number. Definitely. I mean, the one of the biggest receivers they brought in that offseason was Wondell Robinson, and he tore his ACL halfway through the year. So we didn't even get to see a full year of Wondell. We still haven't gotten to see a full year of a healthy Wondell Robinson. Hopefully he comes into next season healthy. He's healthy now. We started to see the second half of this past season what he could do when he got his, has his full – explosiveness and he has you know full confidence in his knees after tearing his ACL as a rookie but yeah I mean the wide receivers in 2022 weren't the the you know most talented group of wide receivers around the NFL no you would think that I mean Richie James led the team right yeah so you would think that whatever the wide receiver group looks like in 2024 this upcoming season it's going to look better than it has the last couple seasons. They're going to give Daniel yep. more help. Jay, look at it this way, okay? If you strictly looked at it from a talent-to-talent perspective, okay, 
there's no doubt the 49ers would rather have Daniel Jones than Brock Purdy. Okay? When Daniel Jones is healthy and able to play, forget the contracts and the prices and all that other stuff. If I just said to you, we're going to the pickup game in the middle of Central Park, all right? Do you want Brock Purdy or you want Daniel Jones? The Niners are taking Daniel Daniel Jones. Trust me. And I'm not so sure that the Lions wouldn't be taking Daniel Jones over Jared Goff either. They probably would too. Now, the other two teams, Mahomes, I'm not going there. (laughs) He's elite. No, he's elite. No, I hear he's that. elite. And Lamar Jackson, he's there. He's not my cup of coffee, okay? But I can't argue with what he's done. About to win his second uh, really quick, league I, I MVP. Can't argue too. with it. Anyway, Jay, thank you. I appreciate, I, You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. 201-939-4513. Well, we're running out of time here, Matt, so we're going to have to uh, call an end to this session. It's good to be with you. It's good to be I with hope you, you too, some Paul. Fun. Of course. Always uh, with you. Jot down the number. 201-939-4513 is our phone number. We are here every weekday on Giants.com. It's Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by Cadillac, the official luxury vehicle of the New York Giants. Uh, we invite you to hit us up on Twitter if you didn't get into the program today. He's at Matt Tack. I am at Giants WFAN. Again, the show is on live uh, every single weekday from uh, 12.30 p.m. till 1.30 in the afternoon. And, uh, folks, it's going to be a heck of a ride till we get to April's draft, so we invite you to stick around and see us again on Monday. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.